0: This episode of the Northeast Newscast was made possible by Shemaka's Online Market in Delhi and Seaberg Mufflers. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome back to the Northeast Newscast. On this week's episode, I am joined by Lisa Pena and Jenny Hines with Urban Hikes KC. We are super excited to have them here at the Northeast News Studio this week, especially because they just introduced their first tour in historic Northeast Kansas City. Thanks for joining me, guys. You're so welcome. We're super excited to be here.
1: Yeah, we are. This is great.
0: So... For those who maybe aren't familiar, what is urban hiking?
2: Well, urban hiking in general is walking around in the urban parts of the city. So it's similar to hiking where we go up hills, we walk um, in places where you see a lot of really cool things, but we're actually doing it in the city and on both sides of the state line.
0: You know, there is so much to see just in downtown Kansas City and downtown KCK alone. And now you're kind of branching out doing the Crossroads, Strawberry Hill, Northeast. I think that's fantastic. Everybody who is maybe familiar with Kansas City to some degree gets to see it really in depth.
2: Thank you. And it's completely true. As I mentioned, when you're urban hiking, you know, you're walking around and seeing. And the cool thing that we have on our urban hikes is that we've actually done a whole lot of research to tell the stories.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting when we have people go on our urban hikes, um, it's things that they have driven by over and over again. But all of a sudden when you actually stop and walk that route and we're sharing the history and the story of what they're looking at, it kind of brings it all to life.
0: So how did you all get involved in urban hiking? You know, I you're the founder, right, Lisa? Yes. So what made you bring this to Kansas City?
2: Well, I actually was inspired by somebody who does it in San Francisco. She has a pot, um, I heard her on a podcast called Side Hustle Nation. She told her story about her business called Urban Hiker San Francisco. And when I heard her story, it resonated with me so much because I'm from Kansas City. I grew up in KCK. I've seen our city change and grow. I love nature hiking. And then I love exercise. And I thought, this is exactly what I need to be doing. And I was inspired. And I started my urban hiking business about a year after that initial inspiration.
1: Yeah, and I got involved. I went on one of Lisa's hikes. It was kind of an introduction and I'm the same way. I've been in Kansas City for over 40 years, um, love outdoors, love the nature hike, and, and I'm kind of a history nut. So the fact that we, she was incorporating um, this beautiful story of Kansas City history, along with being outdoors and exercising, um, I asked her to meet me for a cup of coffee. and just kind of inserted myself saying, <laughs> I would like to do this as well, please. And she was kind enough to take me on as a guide. And um, I've just love this. It's for me just kind of like the, the best of all worlds. And That's I so love fantastic. having Jenny as a guide. <laughs> so you. how
0: many guides do you have at this point? I have I have five guides. What's your busy season and how many tours do you do during those weeks? We have about
2: four to five tours per week. Um, our busiest seasons are in the summer and the fall. We just finished having a really busy September and October because the weather's getting really nice. But we go pretty hard throughout the whole year. We even have hikes during the wintertime where we are inside more. We'll, we'll go inside boutique hotels and um, art galleries. And then we're outside for about 15 minutes and then it's time to go inside again. So we never really have time to get too cold. And we've done
0: those in the rain and the snow. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. And such a great way to see the city. I know there's been so much growth in the downtown area in the past, you know, five, ten years. How has it changed in the time that you've been doing these hikes?
2: Wow, that's such a good question, because I have seen a whole lot of change during the three years that I have been doing the hikes. I started in 2019 um I've seen a lot of new businesses pop up that are really great businesses. If you think about um Cafe Corazon is one of them. Um I've seen a lot of buildings that are turned into really amazing hotels. So for example, Crossroads Hotel has been they've been around longer than when I started my business, but I've seen them expand what they offer and have amazing um, different activities there in the mornings, like yoga um, or an amazing Day of the Dead festival, things like that that I've seen happen. Um, I've also seen a whole lot of murals that weren't there three years ago, um, especially through the festival Spray C Mo, which is an, a mural festival that is responsible for painting over 150 murals in the Crossroads Art District during the last five years. Um, So all of those murals are beautiful, and I've seen those pop up as I've had my business.
1: I think one of the wonderful things that Lisa has done is um, she's very in tune with the other small businesses, and I think she's done a beautiful job of making sure that we highlight those because it's that that adage of we're all stronger together. And so a lot of these small businesses, if we can point them out and say you know, to our hikers, you need to check this business out, out as well. it's been really cool to to see hopefully their businesses grow too so you guys have done a lot
0: of walking through kansas city which is a pretty (laughs) you know sprawling suburban area past the downtown area but focusing on kind of the core of the city have you noticed um has it been has it become more walkable has it become more friendly to pedestrians and urban hikers and things like that over the years (laughs) <laughs> One thing that I have
2: seen to show that um, Kansas City is becoming more walkable and more friendly for cyclists is a really good cycle track that is along Gillum. And it's a long cycle track that's really protected from the road. And I could see how whole families could go on that and feel really comfortable biking. Um, I also have have found that areas that might not be considered walkable, if they have a sidewalk, are walkable, even if it's not the actual best sidewalk, Um, even if there are places that people think, oh, I I didn't know that this was walkable. Someone actually told me that yesterday on my urban hike in the West Bottoms, um, near an area that was um, near Blip, more or less. And someone said, oh, I didn't know this area was walkable. Mm -hmm. And it was perfectly walkable. But we sometimes have this stereotype or that we have a stereotype that
1: certain areas aren't walkable. Mm -hmm. And there's this fear. They've never been down there before. And so it's kind of like You know, I'm not sure if I can go down there, but absolutely. And I think again, that's part of that rich Kansas City history that we have and that we've been able to share about all the different parts of the city.
0: So you're expanding into Northeast Kansas City. How exciting! I mean, those of us who live here are very familiar with Kessler Park, Cliff Drive, all the great parks we have. What things will you be exploring on your tour?
2: You want to
1: go? Yeah. Well, we just completed our second. Um, brand new hike up here in the Northeast and um, they were sold out. Both hikes were completely sold out. And, you know, just, it, I think for me, the biggest difference is that a lot of our urban hikes are just that downtown sidewalks, you know, the beautiful spray SEMO artwork, all of those things. Here in the Northeast, we are going through a park. We um, go on the trails, the wooded trails through Kessler park. It's this beautifully diverse hike and also the, the story up here of, of this being the first neighborhood in Kansas City, this being um, you've got the reservoir that is just fascinating. The story of that you've got the, the Kansas City Museum that just opened back up, and we spend some time in there. about 20 minutes of our hike is spent in there, just so people have a little taste of what is up here, the story of Scarrett, the you know all of it incorporated together is is this beautiful, wonderful history that a lot of people don't know about. Every single person on my hike, they're going, I didn't even know this area existed. And if we can introduce them to it and have them bring um, their families back to enjoy the museum or the parks and things like that, um, that's a, that's the coolest part of all of it is just this introduction to this area.
0: It is. And, you know, Cliff Drive and the whole Northeast area has been so important to the industrial growth of mm-hmm. Kansas City over the years. And it is the only urban state scenic byway, which yeah. is fantastic. And we are proud to have it. Um, the more attention it gets, maybe the more help it'll get. <laughs> right.
2: Exactly. And one thing we love Cliff Drive because it's so unique. And as Ginny was saying, so many people haven't been on it. I mean, just I will talk to people and say, oh, I, we have a new hike and it goes through Cliff Drive. And if they aren't from the area, specifically mm-hmm. in the Northeast, and they might, it's very possible they haven't been on it. Um, and then I also wanted to highlight something really fun that we do on the hike is we take everyone to the Concourse Park, and then we go down the slide. <laughs> yes,
1: <laughs> and every single one of my hikers went on the slide. It didn't matter their age. They looked at that slide, and they went right on down. And it was the coolest thing. It was really fun to, to be able to see that. And one of the best views, you know, we go through North Terrace Park and cut through Cliff Drive. Then when we're walking, after we do the slide, we cross Lexington Bridge. And then they stop there and they look down um where Cliff Drive is and the lake, and it's just beautiful, and they all have this moment of like had no idea this was here, and with the, the it was beautiful and sunny over the weekend that the trees were reflected on the water, and it was just one of those really magical moments that just a real kind of a cool memory that they will have
0: that's so great, and like you were saying, I think going on this hike for the first time with an expert, with a guide, um, you'll feel more familiar coming back in the future. Mm
2: -hmm. Exactly. That's something that we really like to do with our hikes is give familiarity to our hikers so that they can come back and go to the areas that we explore, go to the businesses that we Mm -hmm. show, um, that we point out to them. And it happens. We see it happen all the time. And people will tell
0: us, oh, I went to this bar. I went to this restaurant after going on your urban hike. Mm -hmm. You guys know Kansas City pretty well, having both spent many years here. What are some of the Kansas City, like, hidden gems that people get to see on your tours? Well, If you don't want to give away all your secrets, that's I fine. Know. <laughs> oh, no. uh, yeah, there's so many hidden gems, so
2: I love to share a couple hidden gems. Some of my favorites. One of them is a, it's a specific sculpture park in the West Bottoms, and um, it's called Freedom Family Trailhead. It's on the Riverfront Heritage Trail. And this sculpture park is a sculpture park of a family of four that were enslaved and escaped slavery. And the sculptures are beautiful. And they're in a corner of the West Bottoms that most people have not explored. I love taking our hikers there and anybody that wants to come with me because it's this really important story that that we all need to know and, and then we get to see it there through art. That's one of my favorites. I have a couple
1: more. Well, one of my favorites is um, through kind of the west side area. Um, there's, again, this beautiful, rich history of Mexican-American workers that came up and, and were working. And they've, they've created this home here. But there's um, a park up there called Observation Park. And a wonderful story about it. That, too, was a reservoir. But they filled theirs in and made it a park. And so um, the view up there is beautiful. And uh, the Guadalupe Center is just down the hill as well. And the Guadalupe Center has this beautiful, rich history and um, just the story of how it started back in the early 1900s to serve the specific population and how it still is continuously run today. And and um, all of that tied together with that again, that beautiful, rich history is by far that west side area. Um, the restaurants up there, um, there's a store that we, there's a restaurant that we stop in to get aqua frescas um, and uh, the owner there shares his story of, of moving here for a better life and it, by far my favorite part of it. I
2: have another hidden gem that I would like to share in KCK. There is the Wyandot, the Wyandotte Burial Ground. And that burial ground, it's a really interesting burial ground. At the same time, it's really sad because there are very few headstones compared to the amount of people that are buried there. However, there is a story that is Really incredible that we tell there, and it's a story of the Conley sisters who actually worked really hard to save that burial ground. And we tell that complete story during the urban hike, and it's a story that is extremely inspiring of women in the early 1900s working to actually say, I say working, but standing up and advocating and going to court and to save this burial ground, and that's why it's still there. That those are. The hidden gems mixed with the stories mm-hmm. just almost give you shivers thinking
1: about them. And those are some of the favorite, are my, those are two of my favorite gems. Well, and also the stories of the people. The names that we talk about, um, the Kesslers, Volcker, you know, all of these names uh, that people are familiar with. And they'll say, oh, I didn't realize that that was somebody. And the story of the Liberty Memorial, how these five Kansas City families really worked hard to raise that money and make that happen. And also the story of strong women in the early 1900s where women were really not allowed to be strong. Like the, the, the sisters that started Children's Mercy Hospital. We talk about them in this northeast area because this is where it started. So I love sharing those stories of, of strong women because I think that we don't, a lot of people don't think about um, since it was not as, as common to have strong women in that time frame. But they were there. Connolly sisters, the two sisters that started um, Children's Mercy, their stories are there and need to be told.
0: I think that's fantastic. And I, while I'm familiar with a few of them, especially mm-hmm. the ones on the Missouri side, I've lived in the Kansas City area most of my life, and I've not heard of some of those. Mm-hmm. That's, I think, such a cool cultural experience, both from the current perspective of talking to business owners, immigrants, mm-hmm. and then talking about the history of those areas and how they've changed you know, over so many years. And it really is cool to dive into Kansas City history Mm -hmm. and to be able to do that in a way where you're getting outside, getting exercise, hanging out with your friends and family. What a great opportunity. Yeah, it's the best. It's time to take a break to thank our sponsors. Shemekas Online Market in Delhi offering catering and nationwide shipping at shemekasonline.com. Find their new deli at 16th and Swift in North Kansas City. Shemekas, where customers become friends and friends become family. From classics to campers, hot rods to hoopties, Seaberg Muffler, your exhaust headquarters since 1974. Armor Road in Burlington in North Kansas City, Missouri. And now back to the newscast. Obviously, you probably get some pretty great views of downtown and get to see some of the big memorials mm-hmm. and Kansas City landmarks. What is, would you say, the best skyline view of
1: Kansas City? Which tour could you take? I think they all have great views. I mean, it's really truly because you're going to see them all from a different perspective. We even get great downtown views on this Northeast tour. When you're up here by the Wallace Castle, by the Kansas City Museum, you see this gorgeous shot of downtown. You're on the West Side Crossroads tour. You get this great shot of downtown and Observation Park. You're in Strawberry Hill. There is a spot that you look across, and there's a great view, so... We, views, we got those on every single high. We've got we've got that covered.
0: I saw on your website that this is a very Instagrammable oh, absolutely. set of tours. Um, how much time do you spend between stopping and taking pictures and talking and actually walking?
2: Well, for the pictures, most people take pictures on their own. So mm-hmm. we, we don't use, unless we have a private group and we always offer to take pictures of everyone for private groups and that type of thing. Um, but I would say that we are walking about 80% of the time yeah. and and then we'll stop and talk about 20% of the time. Mm-hmm. So there's plenty of time for someone to take pictures when we're stopping or just to take even if we're walking they can take pictures and then
1: and then Oh, absolutely. And that happened that happened again on this Northeast tour. We had this group of women, they were so funny. They were sisters and some friends and they said, "We have one request." I said, great. They said, we want to stop at a tree that has beautiful yellow leaves, and we want to throw leaves in the air and get that picture of us. And I said, done. <laughs> and there was a tree right by the Kansas City Museum that was perfect. So these, you know, these six women did their shot. We took it in slow-mo. It was wonderful. And then everybody had to do it. So, yes, if, so, if there's a good photo opportunity – absolutely we will stand there and take pictures of the different groups the friends that are together the families that are together Um, because again that's part of the experience we can always stop and take pictures we will always stop and take pictures yeah (laughs) how great
0: especially probably in front of some of those murals those are great spots to take photos Yeah, they really
2: are. And we always tell the the, um, handle of the artist. And if there's anything that we know about the artist, we try to share that as well so that we can help those who are on our hikes to actually go back to that artist and learn more about the artist who painted the
1: murals. Yeah, and when we do tag the artist, like on Instagram, a lot of times the artist will reach out to us and share a little bit more of their story or some of the um, more information about that that artwork that we that we posted on Instagram so I've had several of our the spray simo artists reach out to me because I'll tag them as we as we post on social media and that's been really kind of cool kind of makes you feel special when the <laughs> artist reached out to me and talked to me so which is kind of neat
0: so what's the average distance of your hikes and you know how long does it take the average distance is about four to five miles we
2: usually do them over three hours. There are a couple hikes that are a little bit longer than three hours that are about three and a half hours. However, we can always make them shorter. We do a lot of private hikes, especially for teams at work teams, and they want to do them for an hour and a half or maybe two hours. And we're able to cut them down as well. Mm -hmm.
0: So if somebody did want to book, you know, just for their family, maybe they're having family in town for the holidays Mm -hmm. or A corporate group wants to do team building. They could book a private tour? Yeah, completely. We have a minimum of of $250 for our private
2: hikes, and we customize them however the person wants. Um, I just had somebody yesterday who was visiting. She grew up in Kansas City. She lives in California now, and she was back visiting her friends in Kansas City, so she decided to set up an urban hike with us to
0: be the activity that she did with her friends. Mm -hmm. So fun, and you can walk and talk at the same time. It's a great way to actually spend time with your friends. Exactly. (laughs) Right. There's plenty of time
2: for connection during our urban hikes.
0: Especially when you're giving, you know, these West Side tours, these Northeast tours. You guys offer them in Spanish, right? Yes.
2: How cool! Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we're able to do them in Spanish and we've had a few in Spanish. I recently actually did one in Spanish for Paseo Academy it has a specific program for students who grow up in bilingual households. And they have three, I believe they have three classes completely in Spanish. And they one of their coordinators set up an urban hike with me and we did it completely in Spanish. So
0: we're always able to do them in Spanish. That's great! What a great opportunity. I feel like many things in Kansas City um, have that language barrier, so mm-hmm. it's just one less thing people have to worry about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or for students, they need to learn, they need to practice their Spanish. Exactly. That's it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> have to really pay attention. Okay, so the Northeast hike is the hilly historic Northeast yes. hike, uh-huh. and it's rated as moderate. What does that mean? And you know, how does it compare to your other hikes? So, we. We rated it as moderate because it is a little
2: it's pretty it's similar to our other hikes because of the hills but the difference is that it's a little bit more challenging since we go through the mountain biking trails on Kessler Park. We don't spend a whole lot of time there but there are a lot of ups and downs on those trails. And I definitely wouldn't call it a difficult trail, a difficult or a difficult urban hike, but it's something that is a little bit harder than even then walking on a sidewalk, which we normally do, and we just want to make sure that or, um, everybody that signs up knows that they will be going through some trails and walking through
1: grass and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a big set of stairs that we go up um, before we hit the Kansas City Museum as well. But, no, I wouldn't it's, – it's not like a difficult hike. It's just the, the difference in terrain that we normally will find ourselves on in our urban hikes. Sure.
2: I think that if somebody is able to normally walk about three miles without stopping, then they would be completely fine mm-hmm. on this urban hike.
0: Great. And you know, those mountain biking trails back there, we have such great crews that live in the neighborhood who take care of them, maintain mm-hmm. them. I'm so happy to see you guys using them as part of your tour.
1: Yeah. Well, when we were looking, when we were developing the, the Northeast area, we spent a lot of time on a lot of different trails just because we were like kids in candy stores. We were walking along on cliff drives like, Oh, there's another trail. Let's go explore that. And then we'll get off of the. Oh, there's another one. So we spent a lot of time back just really. And we saw deer. You know, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Really neat. I'm so glad to hear you guys enjoy spending time
0: in the Northeast and are pushing our Prishina park, spreading the word. You also just started your first bike, urban bike trail, right? Yes. Yes, that's something
2: that we have been talking about for a while to want to do, and um, we have our first one that will be on November 12th from 1 to 3 p.m., and it is going to highlight a lot of the different places that Lewis and Clark were, so we have a lot of different markers and statues and artwork in Kansas City that relate to Lewis and Clark, and we will be going on a, a route that's 10 miles long on bikes, and then Also, talking about that history. I'm right in the middle of our city. It's really cool how how much the city actually has that reflect Lewis and Clark, and we'll be able to highlight it on that. How cool.
0: So, talking again about hiking, what should people wear? What should people bring to be prepared, you know, for an urban hike?
1: Well, they need to wear appropriate shoes. And is it like tennis shoes? Something like that. Something closed-toed. Something that they know they can walk in. Um, Water please bring water we you know we always say that in the information when they sign up for a hike that's all given we will always send a text out the day before just to remind them about where we're meeting and when to arrive and to bring water we want to make sure that people stay hydrated and comfortable um, but other than that you know come happy and ready to go
0: right and do you guys see a lot of um, repeat visitors you know people want to try out different hikes throughout the city Yes,
2: I do. I see that a lot. And I'm super grateful for our repeat visitors and our repeat hikers that are so excited and just ready for when we launch our next hike. Um, We do have a lot of them. Mm
1: -hmm. And it's really fun because you're starting to recognize faces Or they'll say, you know, I always ask them when we, when we start our hike, I'll have everyone say their name if they've been on an urban hike with us before. And then what their favorite thing is about Kansas City. And there is usually a lot of large majority of my people are going oh yeah this is my fourth urban hike i met you guys we we had a woman on our hike um this past weekend and she was one of our um, hikers that did a family hike her family did a staycation they lived here in kansas city and they did a staycation and they um, part of their activities for that weekend were to do a private family urban hike and it was really fun to be able to see her again and uh it just because people are just enjoy them so much
0: are most of your hikes, um, you know, the ones we are sticking to sidewalks and roads, stroller accessible? Would you recommend bringing little kids, or maybe leaving them at home? So they, we definitely have some that are more
2: stroller accessible than others. For example, our Crossroads West Side hike is pretty stroller accessible, but there are steps that we go on, and if somebody tells us that they're going to be on it with a stroller, then we'll make. We'll we'll let them know, okay, this is where the ramp is, or we're going to go up these steps. Are you okay if we carry the stroller, it, like, to see if they carry the stroller down for a bit. So it's, it's, like, accessible. Some of them are more accessible than others, but sometimes accessible with some modifications.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and then we recommend that kids older than 10 come on them just because sometimes... Kids that are younger than 10 might lose the attention after, you know, four miles. But we do a lot of family hikes that are made for families with kids. And I do a whole lot of Girl Scout hikes Mm -hmm. as well. Um, So on those hikes that are specifically curated for kids, we make it like visually engaging for kids. We do games. We do things that keeps the kids' attention. And often we include an ice cream
0: stop in those. (laughs) Great idea. Great idea. How much planning goes into creating a new hike? There is so much
2: planning that goes into it. So there are various stages. First of all, we walk or sometimes I will run an area and I often walk the area with my guides to see what are the places that we need to go. Similar to what Jenny was talking about before that we were trying out all kinds of trails to actually decide which trail we wanted to include in our hike. After we do that initial walking around, getting the feel for the area, seeing things that we think are super interesting and that hikers would think are interesting, then we start to take notes and decide which are the places that we actually want to talk about on our urban hike. There's so much to talk about, and often we have to narrow it down. After that, we actually start doing the research, and we do extensive research. We always have so much more research than what we're actually able to share on an urban hike. And the research actually takes a good amount of time um, because we're learning about the things that usually relate to it, even if we don't talk about it on the urban hike. Mm-hmm. Um, those, are, that's, that, those are our steps to create an urban mm-hmm. hike. It takes a while. It,
1: it takes- does, and then when you kind of have all those pieces together, you kind of know the route that you want to take and the research, and then for me, I'll always go out and walk it. I mean, My kids go with me. I'll go out and walk it, kind of practice the route, make sure that our timing is right, Make sure we don't have any long spaces where we're not really sharing information. What do we need to add here? Just really, we want to make sure that it's a great value for people when they sign up, that they really learn something new, that they have a great time, that they have time to visit with the people that they're with or make new friends on the hike, make those connections, but also that they walk away going, this was amazing. I learned new things, and we moved right along, and we talked and visited. And and so I do. I will walk it usually two times before I ever give it just to make sure that I have the route down and I'm sharing the good information that I need to.
0: Sure. What types of safety precautions do you take in regards to reminding people to be aware of their surroundings? Um, you know, you don't want a sprained ankle or mm-hmm. somebody to get hit by a car, you know, those types of things. Yeah. One thing that
2: often we tell groups, especially when they're big groups is that if we get to a stoplight and um, we part of the f- the front part of the group crosses often, what will happen if we're in a large group is that the tail end of the group will get a yellow light or a red light. And some people think that they just need to cross and stay with the group. So we tell them beforehand that they do not need to cross and stay with the group to wait on the other side. And even though half of the group has already crossed, we will wait for them. Um, Because if we don't give that warning, often people will cross on a yellow that turns to red or they'll cross on a red. So that's something that we do, especially with large groups with kids. I really talk about how we need to be aware as we're crossing the street, because I find that sometimes kids want to run across the street, uh, even though it's a green light and we're walking on the crosswalk. So I, t- I talk about how important it is to walk on the crosswalk, to be aware and to not
1: run. Those are some of the safety precautions that we take. When I just tell people um, all the time, please watch your step, watch your step. If I'm walking ahead of people and I see something that might be a trip hazard, I will we all have microphones, and I will turn around and say, please watch your step right up here. Again, because sometimes when you're visiting and talking and taking in the sights, you don't look down at where you're going. So my job is to kind of keep my eyes on the ground a little bit to make sure that we don't have any falls.
0: That's great. So when are you hosting your next Northeast tour?
2: We have our next Northeast tour on November 26th, so it's Thanksgiving weekend. Um, perfect for our families to come out, and it will be at 2 o'clock, and it's from 2 to 5 o'clock. It's four miles long.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Great. And and let's then we hope have, we get some
0: sunny weather. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yes. And then we have one that follows that on December 3rd as well.
0: Fantastic. And how many hikes do you have in total right now that people could sign up for coming up in the future? We,
2: that people could sign up for that we have on a Saturday morning or a Friday evening or a Sunday. We have about five to six different options. However, we rotate through about 13 different ones. So as I mentioned, in our wintertime, we put a hold on some of our longer hikes where we're mostly outdoors. And then we bring out our hikes that are where we're going inside really cool buildings. So we change the offerings that we have. So we have about 13 offerings in in general, but about five to six that we have available in a given month.
0: Mm -hmm. Great. And where could people find more information about those upcoming hikes?
2: Yeah, they can go to urbanhikeskc.com. That's our website. And if you click on book today, you can see all of the hikes that are coming up in chronologically so that you know what's coming up next weekend or the following weekend. Um, Also, we have a page there that has our hikes and it has all of the offerings that we offer. If somebody would want to do a private hike, they can choose from any of the hikes that we have and we could do those hikes. But it's urbanhikeskc.com. We also are really active on our Instagram, and that's also urbanhikeskc. And additionally, Facebook is the same handle, urbanhikeskc.
0: Great. Well, thank you guys so much for coming out today and sharing about your Northeast hike and all of the hikes you do through the downtown KCK and KCMO areas. We are super excited that you're here in Northeast, and we hope you enjoy it. Thank you. Thank you you so much. And thank you once again to our sponsors, Jamaica's Online Market and Deli and Seaburg Mufflers. For all our Northeast Newscast episodes, articles, and more, visit northeastnews.net. For the Northeast News, I'm Abby Hoover.